Adrian, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. <laughs> hey, before we, I'm well. Thank you for asking. Yeah? Good. Uh, I'm already on a tangent. You know, my my day has already taken a turn for the better. My wife's preparing something for dinner, which is great because neither one of us cook very much. And so mm. she said she was going to do that. It caught me off guard. And she said she needed eight pieces of crispy bacon for whatever the meal was. And would I make the bacon? I said, yeah, gladly. So yeah. I made the bacon. And as it turns off, out, off to a good start. Turns out she only needed four. So I got four bonus pieces of crispy bacon as a mid-morning snack. So my day is wow. fantastic. That's pretty good. Now, do you think she knew that and she was just setting you up for a little uh, little boost to the day or was this just kind of oversight? I think she's trying to submarine my fitness is, is what it is. I think, I, think that's, I, think that's probably, I think that's probably what it is. But, uh, a little sabotage? Yeah, I, I succumbed to that quickly. So t- today's topic is a question from somebody that I actually had the pleasure of meeting in person, which was very cool. I was traveling a few weeks ago, and I was in the Chicago O'Hare airport, mm-hmm. just a nightmare of a situation. And it's <laughs> well, usually pretty relaxed there. I mean, you know, oh, not a lot of people, not a lot of gates. It's just a monstrosity. Uh, Definitely well thought through all of it. This individual came up to me, somebody in their early 20s who just graduated college. I think if memory serves, they were going to Washington, D.C. for some sort of internship. Mm. And he was like, hey, he's like, you know, you do the podcast with Adrian. I was like, yep, certainly do. We chatted for a bit, bid him farewell, and he boarded his plane. And then a few days later, I got a Instagram message from him. And the Instagram message is going to be the topic of today's show. So that's our little background. His name is Henry. So he says, hey, Pat, it's Henry, the kid that you met at the Chicago airport. Do you think always being the last person doing the workout is a sign of your fitness not improving if it happens consistently? I just asked because uh, the three CrossFit gyms I've worked out at, I always seem to be the last person huffing and puffing. Or maybe it's more of a sign of a weak ego than a weak engine. If you have any thoughts on this, I'd be super eager to know. Thank you. So that's so, all the information we have about Henry. You know, I saw him, shook yeah. his hand. I don't know any of his numbers uh, yep. uh, or any of that. I don't know how long he's stuff. been working out. Right, he's right. Obviously been working out long enough that he's gone to three different yes. facilities. Who knows how long he's been at each one? Who knows what the circumstances are around that? But uh, I think there's enough there that we can... Oh, we can yeah. start a pretty oh. good conversation. Yes, and I um, think there are some I think there are some things in this question that transcend just absolutely. Henry. You know, I, I would say just to start off, what jumps out at me with this, and, and this is a recurring theme, is um, getting fit is relatively simple. People are hard. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Yep. This figure, part. What's yeah, between the ears? That's yep. that's where things get complicated. Yep. And that's so many endeavors is. in life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, absolutely. So, without knowing much more about it, where where does your mind start to go when you hear this this question? Yeah. These these sentences. My mind immediately jumps to something that I think everybody should be really grounded in. And comma, it's easy to lose sight of at times. Uh, But that is just comparing yourself to yourself. You know, so many of us, I think, um, we're motivated by working out with other people. It is motivating to see how you stack up in a group. It is motivating to have somebody that's close to your level of fitness that you kind of go back and forth with. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, that's just one tool that can help keep you in the game. 
And, and while you're in the game, it can help drive your intensity a little bit and maybe push you to do things that you might be a little bit more reluctant to do on your own in a healthy way. And I think that's the real utility there. But at the point that comparing yourself to somebody else starts to bring you down, starts to create a negativity around getting in and getting the job done, there's the utility's gone. And mm-hmm. you have to really keep an eye on that. So for most of us, and when I mean most of us, I mean all but like the very, very, very <laughs> tippy top people that want to use CrossFit as a competitive athletic outlet, uh, you know, either professionally or semi-professionally, whatever. If you're outside of that, which most of us are, then you have to be firmly rooted in comparing yourself to a past version of yourself. And that's going to be the bedrock from which you act. So am I getting fitter? Am I not? That question should only really be answered by what have I done lately? How does my performance today, this week, this month stack up to where I was six months ago, a year ago, three years ago? Um, And there's your answer right there. It doesn't really matter what the person next is doing to you. Uh, Although it can be helpful to check in from time to time. But yeah, you can't let that dictate whether you think you're making progress or not. It's funny because what you said is accurate, but it's easy to dismiss it because the whole you versus you thing, Mm -hmm. it sounds corny. It (laughs) It sounds like a cliche phrase. That, you know, it's just easy for some marketing and advertising company to yeah. splash somewhere. You versus you and this and that. But but it it actually is true. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just fluff. It's not just a feel-good meme. It really is the case. I mean, everybody has so many different strengths and weaknesses. Everybody got a different night's sleep. Everybody has different stressors. Everybody has a different athletic background. So we're going to get all of these different people together and they were all going to do the same workout at 5 p.m. Great. The workout is the same and darn near everything else is different. And so there's going to be a huge disparity on the leaderboard for an almost incalculable number of of reasons. And so the you versus you, it it truly is 100% accurate. And it's funny. It's easy to sit here at this phase of life with as many dumb things that I've done and I can reflect (laughs) on. You know, I remember being where Henry wasn't caring very much because Mm -hmm. when I first heard this statement from him and and it mattered, the first thing that popped into my mind was, who cares? Like, who cares if you're last in the class? But the truth is most people care because we're human beings. And that's a very normal Mm -hmm. feeling and emotion to have. And for me to sit here, you to sit here and say, hey, it really is only the effort that matters. As accurate and truthful as those words are, it may not take the sting out of, oh, there's my name again near the bottom of the leaderboard. And I tried really, really hard today. This kind of sucks. you know. And then what you're left with after that is trying to take a step back and ideally through these podcasts and conversations and you know lessons learned that we've had and the people that we've met gain some sort of broader perspective that that you know ask yourself why are you even there in the first place you know why did you walk into the gym on that day like ideally because you had a goal whether it was to make friends to be part of a community to improve your strength and conditioning you're concerned about your long-term health all of those goals that i just said right there can be accomplished dead last on the leaderboard. Yeah. Every yeah, single 
every single solitary one of them. So if any, if your goals fall anywhere on that spectrum, then I understand as a, as a fellow human being that it just feels good to be ranked a little higher. I get that. But you are you are achieving and pursuing your goals and you're in the right environment. Now, if your goal is to win every single workout and get a gold medal around your neck at the games, okay, things are different, yeah. but that does not seem to be um, what we're dealing with with Henry. It's just a, like most of us are, a normal human being, good days and bad days, got an ego like the rest of us, even if we try to keep it in check, it, it rears its ugly <laughs> head every now and then. Um, but I would I would encourage him to look at his goals and I have a feeling that those goals are being met darn near regardless of the leaderboard placement. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And, you know, I'll add on the flip side of that, play devil's advocate a little bit. You know, I think we've queued it up pretty nicely. Hey, it really is you versus you. Hey, you really do have no one else to compare yourself to. Um, And, you know, you shouldn't let this sort of competitive aspect of, of fitness that can be a real benefit, can't let that turn into a negative. The flip side of that, though, is you've got to be honest with yourself about the effort that you're putting forward. And so if you're coming in and you're just kind of going through the motions and you're not really taking it seriously, and you know, I'm certainly not suggesting that Henry is or right. is not doing right. either of those things, but you do have to take stock from time to time and say, okay, hold on a second. I've built the habit of being here. This is great. But am I actually applying myself to the task? And holding yourself to a certain level of accountability is, is really important. So that's kind of the second uh, consideration. You know, first is don't get your head too wrapped up into what's going on on the leaderboard, but don't fall off the other direction either and say, oh, it doesn't matter at all. And it gives you license to kind of not apply yourself. That's, that's not a good road to go down either. Effort matters. Yeah. And not to get a, go down a rabbit hole, but speaking about effort, this is a random thing, but it somewhat applies. I got a great out of the blue, just came out of the blue text message the other day from your friend and mine, Curtis Bowler. And oh, he, a great, a great human being. <laughs> Love that a, guy. A national treasure. And uh, absolutely. He just, he texted me just a random Glassman quote out of thin air. And, it, and, and, <laughs> oh, and the great. quote was, uh, there are no bad intervals, only poor efforts. <laughs> it just made me giggle like, that's awesome it's such a great like quintessential great quote but what you're saying it's the effort you know the effort that yeah. matters and if you're showing up to that gym and you're putting in the effort again as corny as it sounds that that really is what matters and there are two things here's the wonderful thing about crossfit right maybe hey hey henry i don't know statistically it doesn't make sense but maybe you know this happened you happen to show up to three different gyms that most people there have been on average with a superior mm-hmm. athletic background to you and have been doing CrossFit like twice as long as you. It, that's possible. It's, it's statistically low, but it's possible. But here's the great thing about that. That may influence where you are on the dry erase board at the end of the workout. But here's what's great about CrossFit because it's emotionless and it's mathematical as you're curious as to whether or not your fitness is going in the right direction, that's what CrossFit's all about, my good friend. So what doesn't care about any of that is it's your deadlift. It's your back squat. It's your 5K run. It's your Fran time. If you're doing well-rounded programming that's got you short, medium, and long, light, moderate, heavy, weightlifting, weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructure, the whole nine yards, and you can take a look at your emotionless data, and everything, in generally speaking, has a nice, 
steady upward trend. Again, circling back to it, what you're doing is working, my friend. The effort you're mm-hmm. doing is putting the effort you're putting in is paying off. And even if you're not happy with what's the leaderboard is showing you at the 5 p.m. class, you can sleep well at night knowing that you are on the path to improving your fitness. So that's that's well, the great part uh, of CrossFit. There's some side benefits too that I think might be a little less obvious. And, and this is one of those things that difficult to quantify, but um, I think there is a lot of utility inside and outside the gym. So you've got a result that you're, it's public every day. You know, people can mm-hmm. see that you're towards the bottom <laughs> end of the class. Right. You have to deal with that. You know, like you're showing up, you're having to go through this process. And part of that process is you're reaching out, asking for, for some feedback on it. Um, that's valuable. It's not, it's not often that people consider how you build resiliency through times in your life where the outcome wasn't what you wanted it to be. And that's an opportunity that sounds like Henry's got a lot. And that's, that's great. I mean, if you have something where you're not getting the result that you're looking for on a regular basis, it's difficult in the moment, but you can still remain positive. You can still remain motivated. You can still show up and get the job done. That's a great skill set to be able to take a situation that might be unpalatable and not be bothered by it and keep moving forward. That that's huge. And a lot of people that have a natural aptitude towards certain things, they're severely lacking in that particular skill because they've never really been confronted with it. And when they do get confronted with it, then you see this giant meltdown or like they fall apart completely because they're just not used to being in a position where they're not the shining star. So you've got a lot of opportunity in that to be way tougher in some regards uh, due to that process than, than some of the people that it just comes more naturally. So that's a, that's a positive thing mm-hmm. if you can harness it correctly and keep your head in the game. Um, the other thing I'll say on that is, you know, if you stick around long enough in anything in life, whether it's fitness or whatever your pursuit is, um, even professionally, I think everybody finds themselves at some point in their life where they are the weak link in the room, so to speak. You know, they, you step into a room and you're like, oh man, I am clearly not the smartest person here or not the most uh, experienced or, you know, whatever it might be. I'm, I'm the <laughs> yes. low man on the totem pole, <laughs> yes. you know? Um, everybody's going to be confronted with that from time to time in their life uh, at some point. And a great example, right? It's to be brought up Curtis Bowler. If yourself, Curtis Bowler and myself were to get together and do a lifting session, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm lowest on the rung right there, no matter what. And it's going to happen at some point that you're going to be around people that that's the case. They, they just, for whatever reason, they're going to excel where you may not. It's going to happen. And, and learning to deal with that, I think, is uh, a very important part of the process. So don't let that, um, you know, if it is distasteful to you to be in that position where you're last, see if you can harness some of the benefits of that. See if you can use it as a resiliency check where, you, yeah, I keep coming back. It doesn't really bother me. It's no big deal. My mind is stronger than that. And it's not really what it's about anyway. So just another I like perspective. The, I like the, yeah, showing up. It's grit and mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easy to show up when you're winning everything. Totally. It's really yeah. easy. You get there early. You know, get a good slot. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> <You know? yeah. laughs> But, you know, you get a fancy bag and your, your knee sleeves, mm-hmm. you know, it's a... But when, but when things aren't going your way, if you continue to show up, 
that's a level of strength that may not be sure. physical in nature, but I'm here to tell you that's going to serve you well in life, you know, just as much as a good deadlift in the back squat, if not, if not more. Uh, you know, and hey, if you're last, let's say that you're dead last. First of all, you're probably being too hard on yourself because most people like, are you last all the time? Is it, is it all the time? Or right. does it just feel like that? Maybe it just feels sure. like that, but I'm sure you get some, some good workouts every now and then. But even if you are, you're last at a CrossFit gym, mm -hmm. which generally speaking are full of wonderful psychopaths who <laughs> take their fitness way more seriously than the average bear. So you're yeah. in a good group, even if you're near the end, by the way, you know, you're kind of, you're swinging for the fences, just being inside of a CrossFit gym. And so, you know, wait, what, what's that saying? What do they call the person who graduates last from medical school? Let's call them doctor, right? I mean, uh -huh. so like, yeah. you're, you're, you're still yeah. doing great. Allow me to ask you an off the cuff, personal, potentially embarrassing question, boss. Oh, my favorite kind. <laughs> that, let's, you let's know, go. because... <laughs> You know, I'll pay you a compliment begrudgingly, and then I will then I'll ask the question, the old compliment sandwich, right? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know, you are one of those people from the outside looking in anyway, from when I, you know, used to watch you lecture, you know, run professional development courses, you know, mm -hmm. seeing what you do with the games and all that stuff. From the outside looking in, it seems like cool as the cucumber, you know, and, and everything's doing great and you know, just always just on the ball and well prepared and, and and never at a loss for what to do. Oh, you know, glad it looks that way. When you eat, <laughs> you know, do you do you have <laughs> do you have any you know personal like little anecdote or story and it, it could be academic, social setting, uh, work, whatever. Basically, some environment or situation that you found yourself in that it was relatively important to you mm -hmm. to 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 do well, but it wasn't going well. You know, but oh, you yeah. still kind of had to, I don't know if anything, you know, I put you on the cuff. I could, my life is littered with them. I no, can get a couple I, right now. I have several that jump to mind right away. I mean, I, I give you one from a way back time in my life. You know, this is going back to when I was in college. Um, you know, I was studying music at the time and I had wanted to be a symphony player. That was kind of the, the early stage of life. Didn't plan. we all? Very, didn't as a common know, right? path. Yeah, just, just, just very common. And I had a really important audition. Uh, the school that I was going to was a relatively smaller university. I wanted to kind of make a jump into a bigger program. Um, the, I was going through a two-year program. This was going to be a bridge to a more uh, serious program at a larger university. And so I had a really important audition, you know, practice for months. Uh, you go down there. It's you in a big room with a piano, a company, uh, a, a penis that accompanies you that was... Uh, provided by the school. And then you have, you know, four of the professors of the music department sitting at the end of this big room behind a big desk and you, and you just sit there oh, and you play. My goodness. And from the first note, I was like, Oh, this is a disaster. That's <laughs> 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 just like, I was nervous. It was all falling apart right from the get go. I couldn't get it together. And like, they, they stopped me in the, audition because uh, they're like yep heard enough you know it was very much like that american idol kind right of, right okay okay we got, we got the the yeah and uh and then you know beyond that they sit down and they adjudicate you based on the notes that they took and so it was this painful process of like right from the get-go i know i'm bombing they cut me off mid mid audition because it's not going well it's clear to everybody 
And you have to go through the pain of like, well, let's talk it through after that. You're like, okay, is this really necessary? We all know what the outcome is here. Um, And needless to say, I did not get into that school. I did not get into that program in my life. You know, I made some other decisions along the way to end me up where I am now. But at that time, I mean, that was absolutely devastating. That was a very hard pill to swallow. Um, So that's one one example that jumps to mind right away. No, I know. I I think that. I think that paints the picture very well, yeah. you know, and, and I, when I, when we got talking about this and, uh, you know, basically halfway through our conversation here is when that question popped into my head, what popped into my head as well was sparked from something that you said about mm-hmm. basically grit and mental toughness of just showing up every day, even if it's not going well, like you, you still show up, you know, knowing that you might get kicked in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not to be that, you know, cliche person that talks about like days way gone by. But I remember vividly, you know, going through buds, going through SEAL school, which, you know, ironically was with one David Eric Castro as well <laughs> in my same, my same buds class. Yeah. Um, and a lot, you do a lot of running. Let me just say that as an mm-hmm. understatement, you do a lot of running and they put a premium on your ability to run. And there are some very aggressive distances and cutoff times that you need to make. Uh, I am not a good runner. Maybe I am by like CrossFit standards. Yeah, but in that I don't know. I don't know about that. I've run that, with you before. You, you in do that it all environment, right. it was, uh, I was not good. So basically, you go out on these runs of whatever distance was, you know, borderline idiotic. And you people would just string out because they put like the fastest instructor up there to just see who could maybe even keep up. So you, the, the class would string out to 100 people. And somewhere when you're getting close to re- returning back to base, some instructor would loot, get near the back and somewhere in like the last 15 or 20 people, he would just like make this chopping motion with his hand. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was identified as the goon squad. And so if you were in the goon squad. You, the rest of the people would would finish the run. You would you would get you would still finish the run, but then you would circle up on the beach. And because you were slow um, mm-hmm. and not as good of a runner as everybody else, what they figured would be a, a good idea while everyone else stretched and drank water of a canteen would be just to like beat you for another 45 minutes, you know, <laughs> tell you terrible things about how you're an awful human being. You shouldn't be here. Why yeah. are you wasting everybody's time? This is a voluntary program. You don't yeah. have to do this to yourself. It's only going to be harder tomorrow, gentlemen. We've got a long ways to go. You're already taking an extra beating. You're doomed. You're just throwing the <laughs> towel. <laughs> and of course, they would be doing that while you're just doing burpees, you know, or bear crawling or yeah. doing buddy carries or whatever. And, you know, over the course of six months, there's a lot of runs at Buzz. You do one at least every every day. I was not in the goon squad for three days. Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's so, a lot of goon squad. <laughs> it was a wow. lot of goon squad, my friend. Uh mm. And so, you know, I was nowhere near the honor man of the class, which is like the top athlete and the fastest. But but the people that were in the goon squad with me uh, were some of the toughest individuals uh, I knew just because every day they took an extra kick in the teeth mm-hmm. every yeah. single day, both physically and mentally. And we're told basically you shouldn't show up tomorrow. And they just made some decision of like, hey. Even if I have to take a beating tomorrow, you're going to see me. I'm going to be yep. here tomorrow. And if you do that enough, 
it's, it ends eventually, you know, it's, it's, it's good to go. Like, so if you find yourself in some situation where, again, there's mental toughness and grit and resolve that are built in some unusual ways. And I'm here to tell you, those environments are usually highly uncomfortable, highly yeah, uncomfortable, sure. yeah. but very meaningful and mm-hmm. very beneficial in maybe not so obvious ways for the rest of your life. So if, if Henry, if you find yourself in one of those situations, to some degree, I don't care where you are on the leaderboard, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I do care that you show up every day. I do care that you're making good decisions, you're scaling if need be, you're getting enough sleep, all that stuff. But I don't really care where you are on the leaderboard. And I know that you yeah. do at this at this point in time, but hopefully through, you know, some of the tales and anecdotes, whenever that, that you know, you and I shared today, you can frame it a little bit better, kind of, you know, realize why you're there. And then maybe it'll be a little bit easier to show up and the leaderboard plays, even if it's a bit low, maybe it'll still matter, but maybe it won't sting in some sort of yeah. way that it used to sting. And I think that would be a, a success. Yeah, I agree. And, and I also think, you know, if we circle all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, we talked about you versus you. I think that there's a lot of metrics that people don't consider or put, as enough, uh, put enough weight on that are just as important as, okay, did I go a couple seconds faster than I did last time? Uh, especially if that is one of those things where like, you kind of accept that, all right, I'm going to be at the back of the pack. That's just the way it is for now. Fine, so be it. Look to some other things that are really, really critical and don't get a lot of face time. And those are things that are just as objective. Like, how often am I showing up? Can mm-hmm. I can I set a PR on attendance? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. am I am I here That's three to five one. times? Yeah, am I here three to five times a week, like clockwork, every week, every month? going forward like that's a great thing to focus on especially at the outset just getting there and having a pr on attendance um dietary decisions is another one of those like okay let's let's come up with a streak what's the streak that i've got Mm -hmm. for making good decisions day in and day out is that a two-day streak is that a month-long streak what is the longest streak i've ever done let's see if i can challenge myself that way because that's going to have a huge impact on the rest of it and that's something that is completely going on in the background that nobody's going to see necessarily, but you are going to have access to whether or not you're doing your job there. So that's one that you kind of have to look at words towards. Um, there's other ones too, like have I been learning new skills that I could not do previously? That again, the average person that's just there in the class, they're probably not going to take note of it. But if you're somebody that walks in and you're like, man, I couldn't do a push-up, or I couldn't get over the, uh, my chin over the bar doing a pull-up, six months ago. And now I can knock out some sets of that. I mean, that's massive. That's huge. And going to go particularly unnoticed by most people. Your coach will probably know they should know, but other, other, you know, gym attendees, and they probably won't take as much notice of that. Uh, And then even to take that one step further, you know, you, you gain new skills, but what about new range of motion and new ability to do things that you had, um, you know, some competency in, but now you can do them really well. So mm-hmm. I think the squat is a great example of that. A lot of people come in, they have a hard time getting below parallel consistently. And then with some training, with some consistency, they're feeling good. Next thing you know, their technique is improved and it's consistently better. That again is something that may not show up as readily on the leaderboard, but it's a huge win. You're like, man, I couldn't get to the bottom of the squat and now I can eat lunch down there. Like that's a huge, mm-hmm. huge win. That's going to go totally unnoticed if all you're fixated on is what place did I come in the class. 
So look for those other opportunities to quote PR where it doesn't just rely on time on the board or load on the bar, whatever. There's plenty of other objective measurements that you can look to to challenge yourself and um, you know keep yourself honest. Uh, it's just, just other ways that are, it's important to skin that cat in other ways uh, and not just get so fixed on one aspect of it. I love that. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of those. In, in that sort of a way, I think those are fantastic. I will, I will leave with one that I used to do a little game that I used to play. That's, you know, kind of foolish, but I used to mess with some people <laughs> that, that I that I enjoyed. And as you know, back in the day when we'd work out of like level one seminars, you know, there were plenty of people on staff that I was I was never going to beat in a workout. And so mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm doing a seminar with some raging lunatic of fitness like Chris Spieler. It doesn't, you know. Unless it's a one rep max deadlift, I'm not going to beat him on anything. It doesn't matter. Even if I sell my soul to the <laughs> yeah. devil. So I would tell him, hey, just so you know, Chris, whatever your score, your time on this workout is, I'm going to add 50% to that. Okay. And if yep. I'm below that, I win. So if you took yep. 10 minutes on the workout and it takes yep. me 14, I beat you. <laughs> I, okay. I <laughs> if it's 15 or more, you beat me. So it's oh, your score it. plus 50%. That's what I used to do just the fittest person That's out so there. Good. And, and based upon that, every now and then I get some wins. You know, it was nice. Yeah. Well, and to, to kind of take that and let's flip it and look at this through the coaching perspective. You know, everybody's going to have athletes. I mean, objectively, you will always have an athlete that's last in your class. I mean, Correct. there always has to be Going somebody. To and, um, you know, how do you manage that as a coach? I think looking at some of those things I just mentioned and making sure that those are highlighted and that you are aware of those as a coach is hugely important so that you can take that person and make sure they stay mo- motivated by these other factors that are just as important as their time on the leaderboard. So that's number one. And then number two, I think this is uh, something that maybe I haven't seen at affiliates as regularly is uh, a willingness to experiment with certain types of class setups that invert the normal order of things. And we used to do yeah. these types of things all the time. Like for example, one of my all-time favorite ways to approach this as a coach was to do um, Helen, but in individual rounds. So you've got a 400-meter run, you've got 21 swings, and you've got 12 pull-ups. One round of that, and we would run it as a group. You would establish a time for that one round, and then there would be a rest period before the next round of a couple of minutes. Let's call it two minutes. Mm-hmm. But what you would do is you would send out the people in reverse order from worst to first. So now you have the guy that was last on the first interval. He's out the gate first and you try to time it roughly so that you have about the same time differential from where that person finished to the next Mm -hmm. place finisher. So they have to chase them down. And it kind of creates that effect where, hey, I'm not used to being out in the lead and having people chase me down. Now I got that motivation to try to stay out in front. And conversely, I've got the leader who's usually used to being top dog and suddenly i'm at the back of the pack how do i get into gear to try to overcome that deficit so there's all sorts of ways that you can get creative as a coach to create scenarios like that where it's not always going to be obvious who's first or last or whatever and you can reward effort you can create these different um you know kind of psychological environments for people to react to and and i think that's a lot of fun uh and, and just Great to mix it up from time to time, if nothing else. So it's coaches great, out there. It's a great scheme. You know, 
Yeah, think about that. Think about those other elements that are beyond the whiteboard, so to speak, pun intended, and uh, make sure that from time to time you throw in some different schemes so that you aren't always just looking at things through this, well, first to last kind of linear approach to every class. And piggybacking, I know I said previously it was my last statement, but it's impossible in my head. Piggybacking on what you said about not only the athlete, celebrating maybe non-barbell PRs or finding other things to celebrate. Your trainers potentially could do this as well. By the time this episode publishes, we should have, unless something goes wrong, it's probably cursed ourselves. Uh, There should be an episode, (laughs) there should be an episode published in which we interviewed Todd Widman, which was fantastic. And he would, he said at the end of some classes he specifically does for kids that he would celebrate not necessarily the winner of the workout, but something that caught his eye of maybe it was effort mm-hmm. level. Maybe it was consistency in showing up. Maybe it was somebody who helped put all the gear away at state, whatever it was. Yeah. Like you've got that that class's attention and eye as the trainer. You're already in a leadership position. They already, mm-hmm. you know, elevate you're in a bit of an elevated status, whether you realize it or not. So what you say is very impactful to those mm-hmm. people. And if you recognize, you know, somebody like, you know, Henry, for example, hey, Henry, I've noticed you've been just coming here every day, doesn't matter what it is, you don't cherry pick, you pour your heart and soul into it, just wanted to say it's it's, it's absolutely noticed, and you're just crushing it. Something as simple as that would probably yeah. be a huge deal, regardless of where that person fell on the leaderboard, you're gonna, they'll leave feeling like they were much higher on the leaderboard. So there are some mm-hmm. other techniques you could do. So yeah, and well, to kind of encapsulate that, I would say one of the big takeaways from that conversation with Todd that, that I was thinking about for the rest of the week was, you know, the idea of trying to highlight as a coach, um, trying to highlight behaviors that you want others to engage in. Like that's the real meat of it right there is, okay, what is this mm-hmm. person doing that I want everybody else to be doing? And that is not exclusive to somebody who's at the top of the leaderboard by any stretch of the imagination. So if that's as far as it goes for somebody who's coaching, I mean, you're missing the boat big time. Uh, There are plenty of stories that go on, you know, kind of under that surface level. And it's your job to highlight that for that reason. You know, not only is it going to motivate that particular individual, but it's going to bring to the surface, you know, a behavior and a culture that you want everybody else in the gym to participate in. And that's, that's what it's all about. Love it, man. Love it. Uh, I think that's that's all I've got on it. Anything, anything more from you? No, I think I, I think I said my piece. I don't. I'll put you on the spot one more time. Is it a rest oh, day for what? you, or do you have a workout today? What uh, today's Wednesday? I need to work out. I don't have anything specific though. Mm. It's one of those days that I um, I had something specific I had to knock out on Monday. I did it. I'm still hurting from it. <laughs> it's a challenge workout from from a friend of mine. <laughs> Uh, yesterday I did jujitsu and today I kind of don't have anything on the schedule, but I need to do something. So oh, I'm not nice. sure yet. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I've got to do, I've got to do something with a 155 barbell. Mm. It's four things. It's three rounds per time of 21 deadlifts, 15 bar facing burpees, 12 chest to bar pull-ups, and then nine front rack lunges. Mm. So I Got a feeling that, you know, it's a lighter deadlift, but the reps stay at 21. So the fact that I'm not giving those the respect that they deserve mean that they will jump up and bite me. <laughs> and then, of course, you mean, the front rack lunges at 155 are going to be, you know, I'm going to be seeing stars. So it'll be a good one. Yeah. 
But yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be that. All right. Well, as we say at the end of every episode, now you know what Adrian and I think, which is great, you know, but we certainly don't have all the answers and we love hearing from everybody out there in the community. So you heard Henry's story. You heard what he's going with. It's probably a story that a lot of people can relate to. If you have been in his shoes and found ways to help yourself change your mindset, what were they? Leave them in the comments. If you had a friend or a client and you're a coach or a trainer dealing with somebody like this, what have you found works well also? Find this episode on the BTWB YouTube channel and then post it under the comments there. We read the comments and they absolutely drive the content for future shows. If you don't have anything on this specific topic, but you do have an idea for a future show, post it there as well. Let us know. So that's it. We appreciate your support as always. For Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we'll see you next time.